This episode is brought to you by the following patrons. Danielle Damasaurus, Taco Cat, Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristan, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know that you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And in fact, we literally just had our first horror virgin baby. Did you guys see this? I don't remember having a baby. Well, not, <laughs> neither of you guys had kids, but... Oh, thank God. <laughs> but Veronica, one of our Facebook mods, had her baby this morning. Congratulations, oh, congratulations Veronica. Veronica. I saw a picture in the Discord. She is adorable. Her name is Hazel Ray. Aww, anyway, very cute. So if you want to get in on all that fun stuff, join the Facebook and Discord server. What a great episode to announce the birth of a child <laughs> on. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think she's a bit of a butterface. <laughs> uh, Mikey, she's the prettiest woman in all of Mexico, apparently. When she was alive. Okay. Well, no, when you see her actual face when he's yeah. holding up the amulet, I was like, they could do better. No, I thought she was gorgeous. I, yeah. All of Mexico, Paige. I know. That's like all of Mexico. It's a whole country, Paige. It's a whole country. A, a country that Selma Hayek came from, correct? Yeah. If Selma Hayek's not under the veil, she's not the prettiest woman in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we watched The The Curse Curse of of La Llorona. And just the regular La Llorona, because I accidentally (laughs) watched that first. (laughs) Yeah, Mikey went to Shudder and watched the wrong movie. (laughs) What was that, like three days ago? And then Paige was like, that's the wrong one. And he goes, ah, damn it. So he had to watch the other one. The one we're doing for today, last night, is when you watched it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming both. (laughs) They were very different. So I'm assuming this is the first time you've seen both of the movies. Yes, yes. I I will do a comparison throughout. Uh, Thank you. Let me tell you about the the first movie. This is how different they are. It's about a dictator and... uh, Guatemala. Okay. Wow. And he committed a genocide during his life. And one of the mothers of the children he murdered is La Llorona and comes to haunt him as he has dementia and and he's on trial for the genocide. And um, that actually sounds not awful. Yeah, that doesn't sound Actually, it was actually pretty good. And this is the Shudder La Llorona? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. Check it out. I really liked it. Um, (laughs) Get out of Shudder. It wasn't as scary. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Dude, if I could get Shudder just to give me a code to like use the service for free, that'd be great with how much we talk about Shudder on the show. It's also (laughs) only $3.99. It's my cheapest streaming service. That's really good. Oh my God. I spent so much on streaming services because of our podcast. Podcast. It's like a hundred dollars a month I spend on yeah. like am- between Amazon buying movies or like Netflix, Netflix, Hulu. Yeah, yeah, because I also have Disney Plus. So, so do I. Yeah. And you have to rent movies too because we don't always do movies that are available for free on streaming services. Right. Ugh. Shutter did a Bride of Reanimator last night. I know. Did. I didn't watch it because I was like, I've never seen it. And I, and I was like, I got to wait. I got to wait for the podcast. No joke. A bunch of listeners were like tagging us in tweets and they were yeah. like, oh my God, we have to, like the horror version has to do this. Mikey would well, love this movie. <laughs> I turned it on and I thought they were going to do reanimate the first reanimator. Yeah. And I was like, they started doing the sequel. I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't watch this right now. 
<laughs> yeah, you got to watch it straight first and then watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it fresh. I've got to remain pure yeah. for, our <laughs> for our eventual Bride of Reanimator, yeah. Well, it's like how Todd has had to resist watching Army of Darkness, even though I know you want to. I really do want to. That's not a joke. Like, after watching Evil Dead, I really want to watch Army of Darkness, but I understand I can't because I want to watch it for the show, like, right before we record it. So, yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. let's talk about The Curse of La Llorona, although Mikey gives it two penis thumbs up for the Shutter version. <laughs> Why penis thumbs? I do not consent to this rating scale. Hey, hey, what's the shutter version shaking at your dick watch? <laughs> if you guys aren't listening to the Patreonicals at the end of every episode, you are missing some hilarious inside jokes. <laughs> the best part of watching the shutter one is I remember the trailer for this one, and I was like, so when's the woman in the veil come to yell at them? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until the very end. Okay. And you were like, man, they really milked this for they that trailer. the lead. There's a lot of like court case in Guatemala about a genocide in this, in this movie I thought was set in L.A. Yeah. All right. So this is your first time seeing The Curse of La Llorona, though, right? Yes. Okay. So here's my thoughts on The Curse of La Llorona. Right. The, the movie we're doing for this episode. <laughs> right. I think regular La Llorona was better as a film. This movie was scary. But just because it's basically jump scare the movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I wasn't super interested in the plot or the people or like, I, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't just, it wasn't as engrossing as like the, as, as I thought it should be. I mean, it had some good jump scares. This is my first time seeing it as well. Okay. It is part of the Conjuring universe and which, yes. you know, that should let you know what you're in for as far as jump scares the movie. Uh, they do the same thing again with face paint that takes me out of it. She does look like a juggalo. Well, she does look like a juggalo, but she also pretty much looks like the crow. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize they were going to be haunted by the crow. <laughs> oh, Brandon Lee, we miss you. Uh, she also looks like dead president. Kind of. <laughs> but she's in, <laughs> she's in that wedding dress. She's in like the dress with the veil the whole time yeah. that looks kind of like a wedding dress and so she looks like Lindsay lohan and mean girls when she goes to the oh, halloween she party oh that's exactly what she looks like and so every time she would like show up silhouetted in lightning i was just like oh aaron samuels <laughs> like oh no um all of that was happening i was just like oh man but then the faith healer shows up who is played by the same actor who played tuco salamanca on yes. breaking bad and, and better yeah. call saul and then I couldn't stop thinking about how fucking hilarious this movie would be if it was just the same character in this movie. <laughs> if in they go to find a faith healer and it's just Tuco Salamanca methed out of his mind <laughs> screaming at ghosts. I'm not sure that that's not what we saw. No, because he would have been like, I'll break her fucking legs and just like, you know, like gacked out of his mind and it would have been amazing i would love to see a methed out dude try to fight a ghost yeah try yeah. to fight a ghost demon or Anyone whatever this would is want Look, to see i have that. seen oh. a methed out guy attempt to fight a ghost <laughs> <laughs> mikey that's because of your specific line of work yeah <laughs> the ghost won <laughs> yeah all right so i mean this is the first time i had seen this movie as well and I fully hated it because it is just a like jump scare factory with a little bit of story sort of in there as well. It reminded me a lot of The Nun. Have you guys seen The Nun? Yeah. No, but she also looks like the crow. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah. And it's like the same universe, right? Because The Nun is in the same yeah. universe as The Conjuring series, right? And I hated The Nun because it was literally just jump scares, no story. Like, who says The Crow isn't in The Conjuring universe? Because <laughs> I mean, he's dead. Yeah, no, or you're right. Or what's that wrestler with that face paint? Sting. Sting. Okay, but imagine 
if Tuco Salamanca versus Sting, and that was this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Lala Rona to come down from the rafters on a from a harness. <laughs> Give her the chair. It's the Bop only thing to Lala Rona. <laughs> Knock her back to hell. She can't cross this line of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> and if she does, we'll see her in the squared circle. So speaking of the line that she can't cross, they said it was seeds, right? So, like, they had to literally get thousands of seeds to have enough seeds to do a line that thing across. I was just like, that's a lot of seeds. Like, that's a 20-pound bag of seeds. He never carried that bag of seeds in. That's a bag you'd be carrying over your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, where do you even find that many seeds to trees? You know, I mean, like, that's that's, I mean, that's what I, I hated the most. I assumed they were in his knapsack, Mary Poppins style. Like, he could have then just, like, pulled a lamp out. It was in Hermione's purse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, don't mind me. I got a Ouija board folded up in here. When they were describing, oh, I'll, maybe I should wait to this. When they were describing the faith healer, where the priest was like, there's one man who used to wear the cloth, but now I was like, is it Patrick Wilson? Is Patrick <laughs> no, Wilson well, going to come? The, the, the diocese option is Patrick Wilson. I have notes about that. I actually really liked the way he described him because I thought we were going to get like a like renegade, like ex preacher dude. And then when we got this guy, I was like, oh, okay. I thought we were going to get Preacher from the series Preacher, but then no. <laughs> I thought we were going to get someone like, and I haven't seen the movie, but I thought we were going to get someone who, like, in my mind is like Constantine. <laughs> we did do that. Oh, wait, is it? Okay. We did, no. We did oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but like, I thought it would be like a badass, like, renegade religious dude, and he was just like some mild mannered, like, dude. Okay, yeah. So here's what makes your character a badass renegade. He doesn't have to call a cab to leave the scene after he defeats an evil <laughs> To go, I hope, <laughs> to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's been, been shot. shot. <laughs> In the chest, by the way. Yeah, not, not the shoulder. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw it's that too. too low. <laughs> yeah, he is shot like center mass. And he like, that's like halfway through the fight. And then he's There's still like, there's a lot to unpack. Oh my God. Just, oh, we, okay. Yeah, let's just we, get yeah, into it. Right. Let's get into it. We got to talk about this. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> this movie starts with a creepy lullaby, and then we get. Yeah, it says. Dun, 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 I want to point out that Mikey started that because he can't stop the singing. I did that under duress. <laughs> I did that under duress. <laughs> I like that Mikey is like claiming that he has like Stockholm syndrome when he's on the <laughs> podcast. He's just starting rumors and shit, starting drama. That, yeah, in the Facebook group, he literally told everyone in the Facebook group that you and I sabotage his relationships. <laughs> For the pod. I haven't, but I would. Oh, me too. <laughs> Mikey, if you'd let me, I would, but we have never done that. Yet. <laughs> I did write your dating profile. She did write the dating profile. But that has only brought you nights of joy. Who's joy? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how quickly you forget their names. <laughs> I'm not good with names, just faces. <laughs> I was going to say lower back. All right, let's move on. Oh, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is a what's your number romancing the pod episode joke. You guys got to check it out. So Lita Quarterly, th Linda, what's the- We haven't even the... gotten to her yet because <laughs> you wouldn't even let me say that it was in Mexico in 1673. You went on a rant about the neck. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so Mexico, 1673. <laughs> The quote-unquote most beautiful woman in the country. <laughs> Allegedly, Mikey. <laughs> Allegedly. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a fun episode. I can fucking feel it already. <laughs> you sons of bitches. We get a scene with their family. It's two sons, a mother and a father. One of the sons hands a necklace to their mother. And we don't see her face, but we do just hear her say, I will keep this forever. Yeah. They dance in a circle, kind of like Ring Around the Rosie. I really like that the kid was like, hey, mommy, I bought you this cursed amulet that will turn you into a <laughs> demon. Please don't kill us in three minutes. <laughs> well, one of the children covers his eyes and then opens them and everyone's gone. It's kind of dream sequency. Yeah, it is. That's the way everything looked in 1673. They didn't have carriages. <laughs> <laughs> that, wait, that's romancing the pod, too. <laughs> anyway, so he goes calling for her and his brother, Mama and Bartolo. He wanders through the forest and walks down by the river where he finds his mother drowning his brother in the river. She sees him and chases him down, and it's implied that she drowns him as well. Yeah. And with that, we cut to Los Angeles, 1973. And they play the song that you associate with the 70s. I can't remember the name of it, but I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely the 70s, the song, both in quotes. Well, no, it wasn't Earth, Wind, and Fire September, but it was close. Yeah, it was at least November or December. Like, it was one of their <laughs> follow-ups to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get a shot of a little girl running as her mom is kind of wrangling her and her brother to get them out the door to school. Uh, she ends up having to tape over the brother's rain boots, which makes them late, and they miss the bus anyway. I sort of thought that the duct tape over the rain boots were cool as shit. That's what we used to do in the Bay Area. Yeah, because, man. Because, you know, sometimes you don't want to get new Doc Martens. <laughs> or can't afford it. Listen, I have gone to school with tape on my shoes a many a time. But, like, yeah, I thought that the way they did it was cool. The way my mom and dad did it was not. I just remember <laughs> when... Uh, girl with a dragon tattoo came out. There was this article by the lady who did the costumes. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco around these teenagers and they all had tape on their shoes. So that's why I put tape on her shoes. And I was like, hey, uh, it's because it rains a lot here and you wear through shoes, but shoes are expensive. And that's why you tape your shoes. Yeah. I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> Like, it's because they were poor. Yeah. You mean person? Like, come on. She tapes over his rain boots. They miss the bus. And we cut to her office where she, I would assume, had dropped her children off at school and then had come into work. We find out that she works in child protective services. Yeah, that's not a fun job. No, it is not. And those people don't get paid nearly enough to deal with what they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Ugh. Yeah, They're heroes, it man. Is, it is brutal. I mean, the ones who are good at it are heroes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. That's and, true. But it's also a brutal job. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burnout is real. Yeah, you'll yeah. hear like those true crime stories where like there was a really bad CPS officer and that led to a bunch of stuff and that does happen. But I can't imagine that's the most of them. You know, I'd, I'd imagine a lot of them do. There was it. a documentary that just came out on Netflix last year about yeah. a really bad case in California. I saw it. There's one that I remember where she let the children inside the house with the father who was supposed to have like yep. supervised custody and he set locked the house her out of fire. the house yep. and set the house on fire with everybody in it. Killed yeah. himself and his two kids. And yeah. That was not her fault though, by the way. That, that was just like two seconds of- yeah. And that was the, after he had killed their mother and was yes. about to get arrested for it. Yeah. That's a brutal yep. documentary, man. It's great, but it's fucking super sad. Well, anyway, so just an uplifting podcast. But anyway, that's her job. Congratulations on your new baby, Veronica. And, uh, and her husband died. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And her husband. Well, and, and I think that's, you know, part of what the movie is getting at is like her husband passed away. 
So she's a single mom, which is rough. But then she is also working one of the toughest jobs there is out there, which is mm-hmm. yeah. clinical social worker. <laughs> and so she's filling out truancy forms and her boss comes in to basically tell her that or tell her coworker that one of her cases is not at school. Yeah. And that he has handed off some of her cases to her coworker since her husband's death. Because he knows things are not great at home. I mean, I feel like the boss is being super nice here and like trying to like, hey, yeah. I understand you're going yeah. through a lot. We want you to like take time away. You need time to process what's going on with your family and that's okay. Right. And I also I also feel like she's all right in saying, you know what, no, I, I need this. I need to be able to do whatever I need to do, right? But I, I really like the I I liked the boss, especially in the seventies. <laughs> like yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, in the seventies they would have been like, wait, you're un you're an unmarried mother, you're fucking fired. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> like, well and <laughs> what happens is she argues to keep that one specific case because yeah. she's been with the family for four years and he asks her to check in with a patrol officer and that's not a request she has to take someone with her right even though she argues that she can handle it herself um and what we find out is that she's been with this case for it it sounds like the mother at one point had a problem with alcohol but then has gotten clean and she's been their caseworker this whole time right and they had kind of bonded because they have kids around the same age is kind of what it sounds like i think so yeah so she gets to patricia's house and patricia opens the door just to crack and she's just like hey how are you are the boys home and she just says they're somewhere safe hey where are they though like i just need you to show me that they're safe and then i'll go and so she goes in alone um she gets the officer to stay outside okay I would never go into this house. Like, I don't understand so many motivations in this movie, especially when it's, like, dark and shit. Like, it's candles everywhere. It's super well, dark. You a patrol officer with you. Why would you make him wait outside? That's my point. Like, Oh, it- no, I wouldn't do that. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times in this movie where I'm like, you're in your own damn house. Turn on the lights. Yeah, it's not like you don't know. You're like in a new place and you don't know where the light switch is. Right. You know where the light switch is. Switch that light switch. This is one where I felt like if they had the relationship that she kind of purports them to have, it's not her first time in this house. Yeah. And I think she is worried that the officer will scare her. And she just wants to make sure the boys are safe. And I, so I understand the impulse. And I think she might have been worried that the officer would escalate things unnecessarily. But what happens is... It's a hard balance. Because it's like, yeah. you want to you wanna be empathetic. And I mean, this is what I do for work. So it's like, you want to de-escalate the situation. You want to get people help they need. Yeah. And do all that stuff. But you also, you want to keep the counselor safe. Because I've had counselors attacked and sexually yeah. assaulted and things like that. So it's like, I err on the side of caution just because, you know, my staff is like the safety is paramount. Yeah. And so she goes into the house and it's just like a pier one in there, just candles everywhere. It is the Yankee candle company of haunted houses. It is terrifying. <laughs> that mom's lucky. She's not a fire marshal. <laughs> That's true. Ma'am, you have way too many unsupervised candles in your house. You're under arrest. (laughs) And she asks her, like, hey, are you drinking again? And this is where Patricia says, listen. And she's like, what what am I listening for? And she just says, do you hear her crying? And then she kind of wanders away mumbling. Like, she is not in a good space. And I think after what we see happens to Linda Cardellini, like 2020 vision, I think she hasn't slept in days. I think Patricia's been up since this happened and she is not in a great place but also fighting a very real evil yeah <laughs> so, i mean like i feel like 
five days before this scene happens, she got touched by La Llorona. Like, right. sort of like yeah. what we see happen to our main character, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Linda Cardellini walks through the house, and there are so many candles through the rest of the house, too. All of the windows are boarded up, and she hears a thud from behind a closed padlocked door. She listens at the door and calls for the boys, and neither of them answer. But Patricia comes back through and screams at her to get away from the door and basically attacks her. And in the attack, Linda Cardellini snags the necklace that has the key. And as they're pulling Patricia off her, because the patrol officer breaks in, he pulls Patricia off her and she just says, just one more night, I'm trying to keep them safe. Yeah. Basically, like, I have locked them up for a reason. Just give me one more night. And she unlocks the door. It's dark inside. She turns on the light and the boys are quiet, but okay. But but they look scared to death. They're scared shitless. I mean, knowing what we know at by the end of the movie, they should very well be scared to death. Right. Because I was scared to death like 10 minutes into this movie. Right. And they're dealing with it in their reality. I see you laughing at me, Mikey. <laughs> I'm just saying, the perspective of Linda and yeah. the patrol officer are like, uh-oh, this lady has thinks the demon's coming and locked her children and boarded them up into yes. a room. Yes. Here's the thing. If outside looking in. Because if you're coming from a place of rational, normal day-to-day thought, they, I'm, I'm sure, are worried that she has had uh, some sort of episode of mental illness or mm-hmm. something or some substance abuse, something that has made her reality disconnected from ours, and that makes them worried for the safety of those children. Now, in this movie... That's not the case. And the crow is coming for them. But (laughs) (laughs) those kids killed my girlfriend (laughs) in my penthouse apartment that neither of us could have afforded. We should do that on Romancing the Pod. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if this was real life, that would very much be a concern. And for the welfare of those children, you would want to have them in a safe place place right while their mother gets the help that she needs right i i don't think the main character mom here is doing a bad job i think she's operating on bad info but there's no way she could know that because no one's like oh sting the wrestler is gonna steal your children yeah there's a ghost crow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. you're never gonna be like oh wait is this like a brandon lee situation because then you can stay with the 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 weird (laughs) eye door protecting them (laughs) right right right. did you guys notice that that what she had drawn on the door was the exact design of her amulet yes which I thought was a cool touch, but then, like, how did the mom know that that was a design of her amulet? Like, I, I wanted to know the lore of that amulet throughout the ages, if that makes well, sense. Well, as you might not know, that amulet is the most beautiful amulet in Mexico. <laughs> Allegedly, my team. Allegedly. It's like the Salma Hayek of amulets. Um... <laughs> Honestly, for its creep factor, but yet somewhat like, you know, nice 1600s vibes. I liked it. What I was thinking was really interesting because we see later on in Linda Cardellini's house, they're doing a lot of the same things. They're blocking off doors. They're locking the kids in the closets. They've got all the candles and everything. It made me wonder if she had seen Rafael, the Corandero, before that night. But then I wondered why he was not there with her. Right. I don't think she saw him. I don't think so either. Yeah. Maybe she wouldn't have shot him. Yeah, that's true. Maybe she wouldn't have shot him. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Actually, I think what happened was they dated. He ghosted her. (laughs) <laughs> and then she was there to exact revenge at the end. It, w- it wasn't even about the kids. That was a misdirection. Fun fact, she was Goldberg in disguise. Taken on stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
You keep saying Sting like the wrestler, but I keep picturing Sting from the police. Oh, no. I mean, if you want to continue that metaphor, it would just be Stuart Copeland picking on him because those two dudes fucking hate each other, largely because Stuart Copeland is the world's biggest douche. The person you think of when you hear the word Sting definitely is like a, some sort of Rorschach test of like how you do Because I definitely only think of the wrestler first. I, I usually think of the musician as well, and it's pretty apt because... Every little thing she does is tragic. Every little kid she meets, she drowns. Yeah. SOS. S O S. Oh my God, Paige. Yes. Every little thing she does no. is tragic. Every, Every little, little kid, kid she, she meets, she, she drowns. That's so good, Paige. But is that as good as Sting from the NWO? But the thing is, Mikey, I don't know who that is. I mean, I know who that is because I watched wrestling in high school, but I haven't watched it since then. He's not still wrestling. He's not still wrestling because they put these seeds down on the edge of the ring, and if you break the line, he can't get through. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be sunflower seeds, though, because like there's just so many seeds needed. <laughs> this is bird seed. <laughs> oh, my God. Pigeons are, like, lining the stage. They have to keep them away. No, the pigeons no, break don't the line. get the pigeons yeah. away. Why did we do this outside? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that got you, Paige, but I'm glad it did. I'm just picturing a giant pigeon being thrown through (laughs) one of the tables of the, like, the announcers. Isn't it always the the Spanish announcer table? And and it's like Joe Rogan, like, oh! That's UFC. That's different. My bad, my bad. Yeah, Joe Rogan's like, hey, you don't need a vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, Joe Rogan's such an idiot. I'm sorry. I know we're on a podcast, and he's, like, the king of podcasts, but... Fuck. Oh, I, I mean, anyone could do DMT and get a float tank. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she finds the kids in the closet and they're scared and they tell her, please close the door because she'll hurt us. And she thinks that they're talking about their mom. Right. And she's like, no, she won't. I promise. So she takes them to the hospital. And this is what I thought was a little strange because it seems like they spend the night in the hospital instead of with like a foster situation. I think they spend it in like child protective services custody. Yeah, it could be okay. like their office while they try to find them placement in a foster care. I don't okay. think it was a hospital. I don't think there were any doctors there. It- well, we get an establishing shot of a hospital. Who knows? It was the 70s. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're dead now. So who cares? <laughs> because every little thing she <laughs> does is tragic. Yeah. Every little kid she meets, she drowns. Uh, so as she's getting them set up with a place to stay, she notices the scars on Carlos, the younger son's arms. And she asks him, who did this to you? And he says, she did it. And she says, your mother did that to you? And he says, no, it wasn't her. And then she basically is like, hey, your mother loves you. Whatever's happening, we're going to figure it out and we'll find a safe place for you tonight. And Tomas, the older one, just says, we're not safe anywhere. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I did like that this is like a haunted person movie, not a haunted house movie. And they really drive that point home like later in the movie. Yeah. Well, when she's like, I need to go to a motel or whatever. And they're like, uh, that's not going to help. She's not haunting your house, you dumb bitch. She's haunting you. <laughs> I love that. She's going to come in here into the octagon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a piece of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. It's WrestleMania 69. Nice. I'm coming for you, Yadarona. <laughs> USA. Wow. God, this episode's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> so we cut to Linda Cardellini's beautiful mid-century craftsman. And... Her daughter is watching an episode of Scooby-Doo uh-huh. on TV. Yeah. Uh, we cut to uh, Linda Cardellini 
uh, walks through into her husband's office and her son Chris is playing like cops and robbers in the office. And we do find out that his father, her husband, was killed in the line of duty and they have his medallion. And we don't know anything else about it of how it happened. We just know that he was killed on the job. He tripped and fell off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) We cut upstairs to where her daughter has been taking a bath and she calls to have her mom help her rinse out her shampoo. Yeah. And pretty pampered in my opinion. Um I mean <laughs> it it depends on how old she is. Yeah, She's like 17. <laughs> then it's a little weird. <laughs> um they, they don't give us real concrete ages for these kids other than that they are in school and they're children. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anybody's names. I don't remember, like, characters don't have a lot of characteristics, which is a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I I remember their names. It's Chris and Sam. But they have a lot of agency for kids that are also still playing with dolls, still need help in the bath. Like, it kind of plays fast and loose with, like, how old they are. We'll get to it in just a second, but there was... Just like Congressman Gant. Oh, (laughs) it's Gates, Mikey. Matt Gates. My bad. I've only read that word. He has a square head. (laughs) And has to pay for sex. Paying for sex isn't the problem, as long as it's two consenting adults doing a business transaction, at least in my eyes. However... And one of them isn't a child. That's the problem. Right. (laughs) That's my problem with it. Exactly. She is 17. That means it's a no-go, and you definitely can't take her across straight lines. Yeah, that's trafficking. Anyway, back to drowning children. (laughs) I need a pick-me-up. What about these kids that drowned? Let's talk about the most beautiful woman in Mexico. (laughs) Allegedly. Salma Hayek? That was last week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so at the hospital, the mom wakes up. We get a shot of her waking up in the middle of the night, and then we see Carlos, the younger boy, wake up. He hears a door opening and closing in the distance. He hears jingling keys. The door to their room opens and shuts. It's a security guard checking on them. And as the security guard leaves, they hear the sounds of a woman crying. He turns and his brother is gone, standing in the doorway. And he walks out the door. Carlos follows and the hallway is green and creepy, like a creepy maze. And Tomas is catatonic which we will see later in the movie happen to somebody else but later in the movie when it happens they somehow immediately snap out of it when it's convenient for the plot (laughs) and it's a little weird yeah so the lights are flickering in the hallway and carlos is following he finally finds tomas standing in the hallway facing him catatonic and he just points and carlos turns to where tomas is pointing and in the mirror one of those like security mirrors for corners they can see themselves and the mirror cracks. There's a leak from the ceiling. Carlos looks up, and it's a fucking scary jump scare from this creepy lady. (laughs) This is the first jump scare that got me, and we were watching this upstairs. That's where my biggest TV is, and we were, it was like night, the lights were off, Pupcake was next to me, and I go, oh, fuck! I, like, yelled it. (laughs) And Pupcake literally turned around and looked at me, and then walked over to Natalie. And then sat with Natalie the rest of the movie. I've never felt more judged by a dog than in that moment. <laughs> this one got me. The whole like first half of this movie, when it's jump scaring, they're not super up close to her. Right. So it's it's more she's more ethereal. She's more like shadows and whatever. 
And the same thing that happens to me with Conjuring movies and um, even Insidious movies. Like when you see what the evil is, it's less scary. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, same. because of the weird face paint and stuff they're always doing. Yeah. Then it just became like, oh, oh, is she crying blood again? Great. You know, yeah, like, like the end of this movie is not nearly as scary as the beginning of it for that reason for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I just couldn't stop thinking about the amount of seeds needed to make all that happen. I was just like... <laughs> There's so many C's on the film. What was the seed budget for this movie? <laughs> so we cut to Linda Cardellini's house where she gets a call and finds out that they just pulled the Alvarez boys out of the river. Uh, the, actually, the, the call said Tomas as no mas. Oh, that's so sad. Mikey, your grasp of the Spanish language is tenuous at best, but I appreciate that joke. (laughs) Mikey is covering his face, trying not to laugh as much as possible. (laughs) I wrote that one. (laughs) No no shit, Mikey. No shit. Yeah, I love you, Mikey, so much. He no longer lives, Mom. (laughs) She She goes to the crime scene and... She puts her kids in the car to go with her. And at first I was like, that's wildly inappropriate. That's terrible. And then I realized I was like, oh, she can't leave them at home. Right. Because it's the middle of the night. They're not old enough to stay home alone. And she can't get a babysitter. And the Golden State Killer's about. And the Golden State Killer's on the loose. Although, 73. Oh, was he still up north? Yeah, I think yeah. he's still up okay. north. Anyway, so her kids are essentially asleep in the back of her car, or at least Sam is asleep. Chris is awake. Yeah. And we already know that Chris is kind of fascinated with police stuff, so he's like watching it all happen. So Linda Cardellini goes down to see the bodies, and she is devastated. She cared so much about these boys. It is hurting her like crazy that she had promised them they'd be safe, and then they weren't, and they don't know how it happened. And now the boy's mom is pissed, which... They bring her to the crime scene. I'm not sure why. Wouldn't she just see them at the morgue? I think they were going to arrest her for their murder. (laughs) Yeah, but she's already under arrest. Yeah, I don't know why they brought her out there. Yeah, you typically don't bring the murderer, which they think she is. We know she's not. I don't know. It was the 70s. Who knows how they did law enforcement and murder investigation back then? That is true. But you don't typically take the murderer to their crime scene to arrest them there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless they're showing you where a body is and, like, they already have the bodies, so. But that's, like, an old school way of training a dog not to go on the carpet. Like, you're, like, taking them (laughs) to it and being like, no, no. Bad murder. No murder. You're not allowed to do this. No murder, Sting. (laughs) Then they rubbed her nose into Thomas's body. Yeah. Oh, God. No. 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 Bad Mikey. Bad Mikey. If I could rub your nose into this joke, I'd do it. But also, secretly, I loved it. Don't tell Paige. (laughs) (laughs) What? What did I miss? Nothing. Let's move on. Let's move on. No cuts. No cuts. The whole reason, the whole reason they bring her to the crime scene is so that she can deliver this line where she's like, it's your fault. I tried to protect them from her. And she's like, from who? Who did you try to stop? And she just goes, La Llorona. (laughs) Anytime she says the name, she's just like whispered, like guttural, just like, La Llorona. Uh, I wish you guys could see the way Paige is saying this. Like her hands, <laughs> getting my clutching whole body her chest, into it. like La Llorona, La Llorona. So she sees <laughs> Linda Cardellini's kids in the car and looks down at the crime scene. Yeah. And as they lead her away, Chris gets out of the car and tries to get a closer look. He sees the dead bodies and then he hears a woman crying, which in my notes, I just have in all caps, like, fuck no. Like, I I don't know about you. If I hear strange crying, I'm probably not going to follow it. I'm just going to be like, no, 
Honestly, if I hear crying at night, I'm probably running away because I'm scared. I'm just going to say that. Just in yeah, general. That's, that's generally how my dates go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make them cry and then run away? Yep. That checks out. Every little thing he does is tragic. Every woman that he dates, he leaves. Anyways, so... Uh, I don't know. If I'm crying in public, I also kind of just want people to leave me alone, right? Probably, yeah. I've checked on people crying in public before. Mikey would just like creep up to her and be like, wow, you're very pretty. You're probably the prettiest person from whatever no. region no. and or country you're from. No. No. I don't do you need do any that. help? <laughs> no. I, it's just like I feel, so like, uh, I feel like super <laughs> obligated. I'm just like, hey, are you are you okay? And they're always like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay. It doesn't seem like it, but okay. Here's some crackers. <laughs> they're saltines. They'll soak up those tears. I got them from the condiment bar. <laughs> I love that you're doing this at a Shoney's. It's like it's out of Fuddruckers. It's definitely out of Fuddruckers. Here's what's weird. I was picturing it out of Fuddruckers. <laughs> Uh, like, was your burger really bad? They messed up my shake. <laughs> I'm going to go drown some children now. <laughs> That's what she calls going to the bathroom. Actually, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Anyway, so. No, I, I really do have to go to the bathroom. Okay, fine. Hang on, I'm so I sorry. I thought you were doing a bit. Fine, go. Sing the police while you're peeing. Then come back. <laughs> okay. So while I was peeing, I came up with a song. Okay. Ooh, but please don't drown my kids. Drown my kids. Won't you <laughs> let them leave? But please, La Llorona. <laughs> La Llorona. Yeah, you're welcome, uh, Mikey. Okay, I'll give that one to you. That <laughs> <laughs> so he hears a woman crying. He follows the sound. And then we see, like, what looks like a woman kind of crouched in the shadows crying. And then we just hear like a crunch as her neck turns. Yeah. And then she starts trying to call to him like Mijito, Mijo. And she gets closer and closer and closer. She reaches out and tries to grab him. And he runs away back to the car and locks the door. Yeah. There's like a fence in between them, like a chain link fence. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no sooner has he locked the door that she's in the window. Oh, my. And he freaks out. God, that scared the shit out of me. It's like three jump scares in a row. It's like too much. This was yeah. brutal because her blanket was stuck in the door, so we couldn't close it all the way. So the dome right. light was staying on. Yeah. And then he got the blanket out of the door and closed it and it went dark immediately. And then her face was there. I, I screamed. It was yes. so scary. Well, and so then the window, because it's the 70s and we don't have power windows, the cranks of the windows start rolling down by themselves and he's trying to roll them back up. Yeah. And then the doors unlock and it's Linda Cardellini here to save the day. And she gets into the car just like, is everybody OK? And there, and he lies and says, yeah, I'm fine. And we get back to their house. She tucks the kids into bed and she checks in with him again and is like, are you OK? Because you seem bothered. Like, Because I drove you two to a murder scene. Yeah, you saw dead bodies. How's that going for you? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm OK. I was just imagining things. And she's like, OK. Uh, good night. And he turns over in bed. And as he does, we see that he has scars on his arm. So we cut to the next day where they are having a memorial for the boys. It's a funeral. And we get shots of a curandero smudging people with sage at the boys funeral. And she talks to the priest of the local church that's like hosting the funeral and is like do you believe any of this works and he's like no but they do and that's all that matters yeah so go with it did you know these kids he's <laughs> like they're paying me 50 bucks to be here <laughs> <laughs> do you know how expensive it is to rent the alley by my church it's not cheap 
<laughs> well, I think they're just doing the smudging in the alley outside. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. they're holding the funeral inside. Yes. I got the impression they had to do it outside because that renegade priest was like not allowed inside. <laughs> He's not allowed 50 yards. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't you talk about Tuco Salamanca like that? Actually, a renegade priest would never touch children, and yeah, that's yeah, why that's, he was like, yeah. oh, Mike is right. Mike is right. If you're yeah. truly a renegade priest and you've turned your back on the church, that means you're not touching any kids. That means you're one of the good guys, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but So she tells the priest that she was their caseworker, and she asks him, do you know anything about La Llorona? And he tells her the basic legend of the weeping woman, that she was beautiful yeah. and married a man who came to her village and they had kids, but then he cheated on her. So she took from him that which was most priceless, which was her children. So she drowned her own children and then was so upset by it, she threw herself into the river. River is, I think, a strong word for that because in the flashback, it looked like maybe a creek bed. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, a, you know, a puddle with some attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think it would be very difficult to drown yourself in. I don't know. You know, I've never drowned my... <laughs> Boy, I'm, yeah, I've never drowned myself. It. I can't yeah. empathize. <laughs> I mean, it is inches deep. You can drown in two inches of water. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, 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 yeah. You can, but like, I think it'd be hard as an adult. Yeah, because you're gonna fight. Right. Like, like that's the thing. It's hard to drown yourself mm -hmm. if you're not in like water out of your depth. I would imagine. Yeah, because literally all she would have to do to save herself is lift her head six inches. Right. I guess this proves that the hottest woman in Mexico is the worst swimmer in Mexico. <laughs> God doesn't give with two hands, Mikey. <laughs> you can either be the hottest woman in Mexico or you can swim. You can't have both. Oh, wow. <laughs> so terrible. It's a shame they don't give out gold medals for being the hottest. I mean, if she was standing next to Michael Phelps, she'd win that gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the ghost diving in next to Michael Phelps and just sinking like a rock. A for effort. A for effort, La Llorona. <laughs> the thing is, we see her swim later in this movie. We yeah, do. not well. She loses that fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does lose I that think fight. this only supports our narrative. Like, this only supports our argument. She's just a poor lady in a dress who can't swim. Yeah, she's not attacking the main character mom. She's asking for help in that moment. She just wants swimming lessons. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to teach her kids to swim but she didn't know it was like the blind leading the blind oh wow this is gonna real unpopular opinion okay how much funnier would this movie be if in the scenes where she's trying to drown people she's wearing water wings she's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely gonna be an unpopular opinion page but i'm here for it what about nose plugs She's just got also, also got the like sunscreen. <laughs> she she actually is wearing the sunscreen in this movie. She also has like one of those donuts with like a unicorn head coming off of it. Like she's just like <laughs> and flippers and a snorkel. Yes. <laughs> Donde es Cancun? Mexico. She knows where Cancun is. <laughs> being bad at swimming doesn't make her bad at geography, Mikey. I think just being a commitment phobic 
therapist makes you bad at geography, I think that's the switch off for you. That sounds correct to me. I don't like when you define me with broad strokes. <laughs> no, broad strokes are the things that you avoid. Because if you committed to somebody, they'd probably stroke you all you want. <laughs> so off the rails. We're like two minutes into this movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, let's, let's continue. Back to dead hey, kids. Back to dead kids. Uh, so... Because she can't swim and couldn't teach her kids to swim, uh, she's cursed to look for children to take their place for the swimming competition in hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she will come and steal the children away. Yeah. And he tells her that it's a folk tale, but that a lot of people believe it. And he gives her like a like a rosary yeah. and says that it's seen him through many dark nights. And she's like, oh, no, thank you. And he's like, just take it. Uh, and it never comes back. <laughs> it doesn't. I got the feeling that that was like from another movie because I think they sort of trickle in Annabelle, which we've never seen. But was he in Annabelle? They do. He is the priest from okay. uh, other movies in the Conjuring universe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because it does a, that does that whole scene where it shows Annabelle, which yes. I thought the it other does. people were in. I'm not versed in the wide range of Conjuring. I'm, I'm just in the main line. And we've never done Annabelle. I don't know. So we cut to Linda Cardellini's house. And this is kind of a weird thing where like she took the kids with her to the crime scene because she couldn't leave them home alone. But they're also latchkey kids. And I'm like, when is it okay for you to leave them home alone? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's a little strange. But so her daughter is in their backyard by the pool and she hears the crying. She looks around, doesn't see anything, but she's got like a clear umbrella and she opens it. And through the umbrella, she can see La Llorona. And as she moves the umbrella, it's like now she's there. Now she's not. The umbrella blows away closer to the pool than into the pool. She approaches it, grabs the umbrella, holds it up and then jump scare La Llorona. This is another one that really got me. This one was too drawn out for me. Oh, was I was it? like, yeah, I, I know. It's La Llorona. She can't swim. It's the pool. <laughs> well, yeah, she can't swim. That's why you don't see her in the pool in this jump scare. Until later, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's still a scary jump scare because it takes so long to get there and it builds up to it. But I hate it. I do hate how like half of this movie is building to a jump scare. Yeah. We cut to Linda Cardellini comes home and Chris and Sam are both like freaked out. They have had a rough 24 hours. Yeah. So she goes up into Sam's room and Sam's sitting in the window seat kind of covered by the curtains. She pulls them back. She asks her what happened to her arm. She says that she fell. But again, that doesn't make sense because they look like burns. And she says, I know things are hard right now and the world seems scary, but I was thinking about what your dad used to say. Which was, go the fuck to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> I was thinking about what your dad used to say, which was to plug your nose and hold your breath and then paddle forward. Uh, <laughs> no, it was to, to hold on her, to her doll, Misty, and squeeze her tight. Uh, and it does seem to make her feel a little bit better, but she's looking out the window at something scaring her. And before Linda Cardellini can find out what it is, Chris, her son, knocks to tell her that Coop is here, who's... I believe was her husband's partner. I think so. Or yeah. a friend of her husband. Yeah. And he brings over pizza for them and the kids have no interest in it and go to watch TV. But why wouldn't they eat the pizza? I think they're just scared shitless. <laughs> Where they're like, I can't think about anything except the hundred meter freestyle right now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, I am so scared of this ghost. I can't eat pizza. I'm going to go watch a cartoon about ghosts. Yeah, I don't know. I've also never been so scared I couldn't eat pizza, so that didn't track for me. Yeah, like I could literally be being murdered and I would eat pizza. <laughs> I'd be like, oh no. 
<laughs> you guys could not see Mikey take what I'm going to refer to as a murder bite, but it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, the act out on that was the best part. <laughs> we should start capturing these on video just so we can like cl- clip shit like that. So she ends up draining a bottle of wine. Yes. And he's like, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but he basically is like, how are you guys holding up? And she's just like, I th- think we need time and the occasional takeout. So thanks for the pizza. Yeah. And he says, well, if you don't want to talk about your personal problems, how about your professional ones? Here's Patricia Alvarez's file. I need you to look at it because there's maybe something that you'll see that I missed because she doesn't want to talk to me, but she's angry at you and angry people love to talk. Yeah, I did think it was a little weird that at the end of this scene, he was like, I know I used to be your husband's partner. Now I can be your partner. No. (laughs) You know what really gets people going? Grief. Grief. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the beginning of every Boys to Men song. Hey, girl, I know you feel like you could never love again. Because it's a horrible tragedy. But you know what? I'm here right now with pizza, so... (laughs) The ball's in your court. (laughs) I know a ghost murdered your children in water. (laughs) I just know that. I believe you. I'm the one person who does. (laughs) Doesn't mean we should never get wet again. No! I know he died a tragic death. But I'm gonna get you wet. Pull you close to me. <laughs> Throw the water on the floor. I'm gonna take my ghost off too. <laughs> Hell yeah. I will drown your kids like you want me to. And I will not let go till you tell me to. Concentrate on holding these kids under the water. It's bad. <laughs> so bad. So much for so much for less singing, Mikey. You can't stop the music, Mikey. Oh my god! You can't stop the music. I've put oh. seeds around my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it cost me like two hundred dollars. It was so many seeds. Do you know how expensive Justin Timberlake seeds are? <laughs> I don't know why it smells like bleach in here. I was going to say no, but I bet Jessica Biel does. (laughs) So we cut to the Alvarez house where the Corondero goes in and he's basically walking through an active crime scene and no one thinks this is a problem. But he sees the puddles of water all around the house and all the candles. And so he takes like a mixture of the water and some of the wax from the candles. As a detective, I think someone took a really, really relaxing bath. (laughs) 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 looks like our killer slipped away (laughs) 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 and it's kind of like black goop which is what the ghost will turn into later yeah Uh, but those apparently are her tears so we cut back to linda cardellini who's at home going over the files and she finds a picture of the marks on carlos's arm and she like hears kind of like an auditory flashback of him saying she did it yeah. She hears a faucet dripping in the house and we get a canted angle shot through the house. It's almost like evil dead spirit cam. We see a squeaking rocking chair, a door thuds, 
And Linda goes downstairs and does not turn on a single light in her own house. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Dude, I've been a lady who lived alone in a studio apartment and I will turn on the lights. It's one room and I'm going to turn on the lights. I grew up with parents who were like, you got to save us money, turn that light off or whatever. Until I took high school physics where we calculated the amount of money it takes per hour to, to, to to power a light bulb when it was like a fraction of a cent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. So now, as an adult, I'm like, <laughs> lights are literally the cheapest part of your electric bill. It's like your refrigerator and stuff that costs yeah. the most money. Yeah. I'm having the lights on when I'm scared. I am not going to think about this. I'm going to treat myself. Treat, treat yourself. yourself. <laughs> and my children can turn the lights on whenever they want, unless I'm sleeping. Or they're being drowned by a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they wake me up. Then we'll turn the pool lights on, and that's a whole different <laughs> ballgame, because that is expensive. <laughs> anyway, so she walks through the house, and we see a, her kitchen with a gorgeous farmhouse sink. This is a beautiful mid-century craftsman with a great farmhouse sink in it. It's beautiful. Paige, my farmhouse sink is beautiful. What's a farmhouse yeah. sink? So she actually has a traditional farmhouse sink, which is even better, because it's a longer porcelain rectangular sink and the one that she has is freestanding so it's got its own legs and then draining ditches on the side of it so you would like wash and then set your dishes to dry on the side and the water from those dishes then drains down into the sink yeah mine's not that big but it fits into the island that faces the tv which is awesome yeah typically when you get them now it's just a deeper rectangular sink and my house has a garbage disposal now, and I'm like, this is great. You haven't had a garbage disposal? When I tell you how bad Mikey's old apartment was that he lived in for a decade, it will a shock decade. you. <laughs> it's been 10 years since I put stuff in the sink. <laughs> I didn't have an ice maker either. So I like, I go get ice now, and I'm like, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mikey, no joke. When I got the fridge in my house, like getting like water out of the door is like an amazing feat for oh, me. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. That is the dream. <laughs> so, gorgeous farmhouse sink. She goes to the back door of the house and locks it, which I'm like, bitch, why wasn't that locked before you? Because it's the 70s. So, as she's locking that door, another door slams open somewhere in the house. She can hear it. The kitchen door opens and closes. And at this point, I'm just like, get out of the house. Get out of the... Run. Run. Even, like, ghosts aside, you are a single woman with two children yeah. in a house, and there is a home invasion yeah, happening. absolutely. For all you know, there is someone in your house. Get the fuck out of the house and call the cops. Like, yeah, literally run next door and call the cops. Yeah. Yeah. You you have been home invaded. <laughs> but instead, she follows it around with no weapons. Like, you were just in the kitchen. Grab a knife. Anyway, so she walks into the living room and then into the dining room. The door opens again. And at this point, I'm just like, again, you have turned no lights on. You haven't alerted or grabbed your children. And you're just walking through this house as if nothing bad could ever happen to you. It's right. Maybe I've just watched too much true crime where I'm just like, nope, run, bye. Yeah. Better to be in the driveway and safe than in your house and dead. <laughs> I woke up and heard a noise last night. And what did I do? I turned my lights on and I made sure my doors were locked. And yeah. Then I went back to bed. Absolutely. Turned out that was the dog, but whatever. I mean, for <laughs> us, it's the cat. Like the cat makes noise at night. Yeah. But they I can knocks, tell the They difference. knock stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. So uh, she 
goes to the front door and it keeps opening and closing on its own. And in my notes, I just have burn that mid-century craftsman down. (laughs) It hurts me to say it. Fuck that farmhouse sink. Burn this house to the ground. (laughs) Honestly, porcelain might make it through the fire. I'd gamble on that. I would gamble on that, too. I got a lot of cast iron. Most of my shit's going to survive. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Give me that kerosene. Yeah, you grab those kids, light matches, and run. Grab those kids, burn the house down. We'll dust off the Le Creuset later. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> she goes to the front door, and it's her son, Chris, opening and closing the front door, and he's sleepwalking. But he wakes up. She she kind of shakes him awake. And as she's talking to him, behind her, the door's open and shuts on its own. And I'm like, at that point, Run. You know it wasn't him. Right. Like, yeah, he was opening, but like you saw the door and she's just like, you were sleepwalking. Let me get you back to bed. What? Yeah. Don't, no, don't do that. So she takes him back to bed. And as we do, we see Sam moving in her bed in the next room and she hears a rustling. She goes back to her bedroom and the whole file that she was reading has been tossed from the bed and her window is open. And she just says, is there someone in here? And I'm like, run, ho. Run! What are you doing? Yeah, like what are you like, doing? What is she gonna do? Like, what if someone's like, "Yes, I'm sorry. I think I've made a mistake. I'm in the wrong house." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm here to teach your kids to swim. What are you doing? Get out of the house! And she does the whole like, "My husband's a cop. He'll be home any minute now." It doesn't matter. Get out of the house. Yeah. Run. Okay. I actually thought it would have been creepy if we had heard her whisper back, "He's with me," or like, oh. "He's dead," or something like that. Oh my god! I would have. I mean. I'm glad it wasn't that scary, but that would have scared me. Or just like, yeah, you'll see him soon. Oh, yeah. You'll see him. <laughs> yeah, something like that would have been super eerie, man. Yeah. It said, it just said you heard a word, so I was like, I'm the hottest woman in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at hottest woman in Mexico. Vote for me for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom's all, I'm, am I being haunted by Selma Hayek? No, I'm the hottest woman in Mexico. No one has to vote for Selma to be in the swimsuit issue. She would just get asked. <laughs> Can I just say that anyway. I really love that we have like a rivalry between La Llorona and Selma Hayek? La Llorona Hayek. and Selma Hayek? So, so. Yeah. Hey, Selma Hayek, she brings all the snakes to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Selma Hayek, so attractive. It is like scary. We know. In the last episode, you pledged yourself to her as her mouth purse. (laughs) That is true, my friend. You're so beautiful. Please (laughs) feed me your keys. (laughs) Okay, so this part of the movie is kind of boring because it kind of goes into a cliche like they're just wandering around the house and there's a bunch of jumpsy games. It is more or less that, yeah. Because the door to Sam's room opens and as it shuts, there's a mirror on the back of the door and she sees La Llorona in the mirror. So creepy. Yeah, so she screams. Sam and Chris wake up. She sees La Llorona in the corner, and instead of just being like, run, she's like, what are you doing in my house? Get out of my house. And I'm like, don't stop to ask questions. Run. Run away. She never does that, though. If La Llorona had responded with, uh, you know, your husband's with me or something like that, she'd have probably been like, oh, that was weird. I'm going to get naked and take a shower. Or, like, she (laughs) is nonplussed that there's clearly an intruder in her house. If I woke up and there was a woman in a veil in the corner, first, one, that's really scary. Two, she's in a wedding dress. So God knows what kind of things are also happening here. I love that you're more afraid of a woman in a commitment garment than you are of actual ghosts. Well, it's like double scary because like, okay, if someone breaks into your house 
and it's not like a traditional robbery, you're going to be like double scared. Like if someone's with like a ski mask and they're like, where's the money? You're like, it's a robbery. Okay, here's the money. If someone's like wearing a wedding dress and they're just like, and they're just like, which napkin looks better for the reception? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm definitely going to die. (laughs) We have to decide on a venue. Look at this printout I made of the seating chart. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think grandma can sit at the head table. (laughs) Chicken or fish? The groom's cake will be made out of your organs. Ah! Oh, I didn't realize they were having a Mike Zanya at the wedding. Ooh, that'd be nice. I think that's the only way Mikey's going to get to have a wedding. (laughs) Someone wakes up, just wakes me up in the middle of the night and murders me. <laughs> and then bakes you into one big lasagna. And then yeah. marries that lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> With an attack. It's a me, your pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say pasta or pastor? Both. <laughs> it's a me, your pasta. <laughs> that's honestly, every time I open a box of spaghetti, that's what it says. It's a me, pasta pasta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there's a pastor pasta out there i need to meet you it's a famous brand of uh convenient communions holy shit i i swear to god we need to move to like nazareth pennsylvania and start cheeses of nazareth and a shoot off pasta company called pasta pasta (laughs) yes we just make communion stuff (laughs) we make communion cheese and wine trays it's like it's like dunkaroos where you Undo the plastic and you dip the bread in the wine, but we'll call them Jesus Jesus Oh my God. See, what I think is missing from communion wafers is flavor blasting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like your Christ nacho cheese flavor? Yeah. Okay, but you don't want to bite into your Jesus flake and be like, oh, I didn't realize Jesus used Axe body spray. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have a Cool Ranch scent? I don't know. No, that was Cult Podcast, Todd. <laughs> oh, shit. My bad. That was the Cult Podcast episode? My bad. Yay. All of these recordings run together to me. I'm sorry. They do. It's all good. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. If you flavor blast the communion wafers, then you can have wine pairings. Yes. Mm. Oh, then yeah. Then it's just wine tasting. Yeah. Cool Ranch Christ and Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> so she swings a bat at a ghost. Ineffective. <laughs> Yeah. If this was Pokemon, she'd be dead. It was not effective at all. <laughs> and then her kids run in and are like, why is mom swinging a bat at thin air? And she's like, hey. And they're like, what happened? And none of them will tell the other one about what they've seen. They need to communicate better. Then they would have known a lot faster that there was a ghost. <laughs> I agree. And everyone knows something's up. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to the alarm clock goes off at 629 in the morning and she has clearly been up all night so we cut to she goes to prison to talk to patricia alvarez and she's like i'm sorry for your loss and patricia's like oh i don't feel anything because i told la llorona to come take your kids and give me my kids back which is also like that's not how it works like he she just takes kids she's not in the kid returning business it's a one-way street with her it's not a daycare Although that's a shitty daycare. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like, There's no lifeguard. 
Maggie Aurora is just the worst lifeguard. Yeah, that's what it is. But she's the hottest lifeguard, lifeguard in, in all of Mexico. I mean, it's it's her and the guy from Stranger Things. <laughs> just like the, the two of them, just like hot and windy Preferkorn. Just the hottest yeah. lifeguards with the least amount of skills. <laughs> this is truly wonderful. <laughs> So she notices the burns on her arm and she just says, what happened to you? And or, to clarify, Linda Cardellini notices the burns on Patricia's arms because they do look like yeah. the burns that her children have. And Patricia just leans forward and is just La Llorona, like she does every other time in the movie. <laughs> and then she just says, your children, have they heard her crying? Because they will, because I told her to come for yeah, them. I gave that bitch your address. Yeah. I, you know, when like a girl is at a bar and a guy's like, give me your number. And she's just like, okay. And she writes down a fake number. That's what Patricia did with Linda Cardellini's number. It was like, <laughs> give me your kids. Okay. <laughs> Here's my address. <laughs> yeah. But she did get $50 referral fee, like a referral bonus. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's per bonus. child. That's $70. That's like 300 bucks each. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah. So we cut back to Linda Cardellini's house where Chris is doing homework and he touches the sores on his arms. He hears a thud upstairs. He goes up there and the attic is open. And I'm like, run the fuck away. Like, d what are you doing? But he instead tries to close the attic on his tiptoes. He hears Sam crying, or at least he thinks it's Sam. So he goes to Sam's room, he pulls back the curtain and there's nothing. He goes to close the window, it blows back open and La Llorona pops out of the curtains. He runs out, the wind keeps blowing and she pops out of a side bedroom. That's the real scary one yeah, as he's one like running away from her. I thought it would have mm -hmm. been cool as he was fucking with the curtain because it blows towards him. I thought it would have been yeah. cool if we saw her feet step down. So it's not a, mm. that's not the jump scare. And then it, I think that plays better for the other door jump scare. Right. It would set that up better, I feel like, because it's not jump scare, jump scare. It's like creepy jump scare. Yeah, instead, it's like jump scare. And then she like catches him on the 20 yard line. <laughs> like <laughs> She's just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. I, I got bored because of this part because it's just like really quiet jump scare. And I was just like, OK, yeah. let's just move on to yeah. the plot point. Well, the one thing this movie, every time there's a jump scare she screams yes and so it's like the sound gets you more than anything i also um, screamed though so yeah she, she screams she's like i'm coming for that championship belt <laughs> <laughs> she's got him on the ropes um so sam screams uh linda cardellini comes home just in time to see chris fall down the stairs and sprain his wrist she takes him to the doctor he notices the sores which do look like cigarette burns and of course doctors are mandatory reporters mm -hmm. so we cut to their house later that night they're eating dinner and there's a knock on the door and it's coop and the co-worker from social services yeah the hospital called and they've asked them to do a welfare check and her co-worker does tell her, like, dude, I hate having to be here. Like, I don't want to do this to you, but I have to. Yeah, I feel like the movie was trying to set up a rivalry between the two of them. But really, like, that co-worker, all she did bad at the beginning was, like, volunteer to take on extra work to give her a break because she was going through a rough time. And then, I don't think she volunteered. Like, I'm pretty sure the yeah. boss just assigned oh, her more cases. She, yeah, she might have yeah. been voluntold. I don't know. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But, like. Here and, and here she even apologizes. She's like, I don't want to be here. I'm so sorry this is happening. But like they play it like it's a rivalry between the two of them. I think they're actually more trying to play it as 
like comparing it to what happened to Patricia in the beginning, where it's uh, this like, yeah. okay, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, now you're in her shoes. Yes. Like you now, you know why she did what she did. You know what happened to her and the shoe is on the other foot Um, because that's a terrifying feeling too. to think of like there's something outside of your control. I mean, it's very much like an invisible man where no one believes her. It's that idea of like, I can't tell people there's a ghost, but also if I don't figure this out, they're going to take my kids, you yeah. know? So they leave. Uh, but as they're leaving, Coop says we had to release Patricia Alvarez because we didn't have enough to charge her. She had an alibi for the time when her sons are dead. And this is when Linda Car Cardellini says, well, maybe she didn't do it. Yeah. Because at this point, Linda Cardellini's like, no, it was La Llorona. Well, and also, if you let her go, I hope she didn't do it because she's now roaming yeah. the streets. I mean, we know she didn't do it, but. Right. Yeah. And Linda Cardellini's now been up for two days straight and she looks terrible. She looks exhausted. And I think they can see that, too. And so he just says, whatever's going on here, fix it. So downstairs, she turns off the TV and sits down with Chris and is like, can we talk? I need to know what really happened. And this is where Chris is like, yeah, it was a ghost lady. It was a weird ghost bride. But as they're talking, Sam is upstairs in the bath and thinks that it's her mom rinsing out her hair. But it's not. Yeah, I didn't like this at all. And it's really it's not a jump scare. It's like one of the times they don't do it. And it's just creepy the whole time. Yeah, it's La Llorona trying to drown her, essentially, in the bathtub. But first she plays with her hair. She you know, rinses her hair, although she's pulling her hair. Yeah. And then dunks her down in the water, holds her down, but Sam pops out, thankfully. She's such a bully. And the bathroom <laughs> seems to be empty. <laughs> she's the biggest bully in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but the most beautiful bully in Mexico. Allegedly. Allegedly, guys. She's the most beautiful bully in Mexico with the worst swimming track record. <laughs> um, but so Sam pops out. It seems like the bathroom's empty, but then she dunks her down again. And the makeup, it changes scene to scene. And in this one, she looks like a member of a Norse heavy like death metal band. She does. Yeah. Yeah, she's just Vard Vickerness, like, yeah. hanging her under. <laughs> so Linda Cardellini downstairs realizes that she hasn't heard Sam in a bit and calls for her, doesn't hear any answer. She rushes upstairs. The door's locked. She breaks the door down and manages to get to Sam before she drowns and pulls her out. But as she pulls her out of the tub, Sam sees a hand crawling along the edge of the tub and Chris sees it too. Yeah. And they point to it and they're like, Mom, she's right there. And she turns and there's a jump scare with the face paint again. They shut her in the bathroom yep. and she just tells them to run and they take off running. We don't know if they stay in the house that night because we cut to the church the next morning and they show all of their scars to the priest. And he's just like, yeah, I forgot to tell you at the funeral the other day, but uh, <laughs> there's been some stuff going on that make me think that maybe evil forces are real. Uh, and he tells them that there was an incident with a doll. So we get a flash to Annabelle and he and so he is in Annabelle, the movie. And he says it opened his mind to other possibilities. And she's like, can you help us? And this is where he says the church works with people who specialize, but we'd have to go through the archdiocese, which would take several weeks. He's referring to Ed and Lorraine. Right. With that. OK. That's who he's referring to. 
And he says, but there's not enough time. There may be another way. It's unorthodox, but he's local. But if you choose this, I can't be involved. Uh, I will get a referral bonus, though. Thank you. Um, I get 30% off incense. So uh, he tells her that the church has their ways. He has his. He used to be a priest. Now he's a faith healer. He's the corondero that was there the other day. And so they go to his botanica and he's like, I've seen you before at that funeral. If you came to just gawk at my shop, you can kind of leave because I got stuff to do. But he doesn't. He was by himself what hanging out. What a narcissist. I yeah, know. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you came to make fun of me at my shop? I'm like, yeah, I tracked down your address. Yeah. Also, the reason your shop is not busy is because you yell at every patron that comes in your store. I, I think this is more uh, a random cultural thing because it is a botanica so it would deal in supplies for brujeria or santeria. And I think he's used to white people coming in and being like, what are these creepy candles? <laughs> and not actually, you know, respecting what's going on. Which candle's best for the bath? <laughs> Which candle's best for the bath? Black ones, get out. No, don't light the black candles. But he's like, listen, I don't practice santeria. I don't got no crystal balls. <laughs> <laughs> I had no, a no, million no! seeds, but I, I spread them all. all if I could <laughs> Lock your doors with this 20 pounds of seeds. <laughs> like Papa, Cap, and Rona, and I'd slap her down. To the seas, what I really want to know. Strange lady, what I really want to say is I'll drown your kids. <laughs> is I'll drown your kids. In your pool that's in need of maintenance. Sorry. <laughs> they do have a nice pool if they would take care of it. I know. They don't That's... take care of that pool, man. It's got leaves and shit in it. Yeah. Wait till I get back with a skimmer of my own. <laughs> Daddy's gonna clean all the pools. <laughs> anyway, he sees their arms and they're like, have you seen this before? And he says, yes, it's church business. And they're like, the church sent us here. So like, which form do we need for the DMV? We keep getting the runarounds. <laughs> and he's like, those are the marks of La Llorona and means you've seen her. And they're like, yes, have you? And he's like, not directly, but I've seen what he does or what she does. And they're like, what do we do? And he's like, it's an evil that has no bounds. And I'm like, how many evils with no bounds are there? And also, it does have bounds. He uses those bounds in like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's an evil that really hates seeds. <laughs> <laughs> she has a tree nut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> and she can't swim, stupid bitch. <laughs> uh, and they clarify that she's not human, but she was. She's a dark spirit. She can't go to heaven. She's forsaken by God. And she's attached to the family, not the house. Right. So she'll follow them wherever they go. And so he opens an armoire full of jars and he starts just like gathering a supplies. A jarmoir. If you will. Yeah. A jarmoir. What we don't see off camera is when he apparently lifts that giant bag of seeds <laughs> into like, the car or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he collects jars and then goes, hey, give me a second. He goes in the back, comes out with a huge fucking like <laughs> shoulder strap of, of like seeds. Yeah. <laughs> this is from the fire Christian tree. I, I like I, anytime he talks, I giggle because none of the stuff made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, some of it does. Some of it's based in, like, real rituals. But, like, 
he we see him essentially grab one jar and a wind chime and he's like let's go yeah <laughs> which means he's just got pocket seeds like he's always got those seeds like pocket in his pocket sand, but yeah. just seeds no he's like he's like we've got to go stop by home depot on the way yeah do you know a garden center near here <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or a bird supply <laughs> <laughs> or just a health food restaurant with the worst bread. <laughs> Do you want bread that can ruin your cavities? Dave's bread. Yeah. They built a True Foods across from the store that I used to work at, and they had this amazing burger, like amazing, but they put it on a fennel seed bun. And I don't know if you've ever tried to eat a burger on a fennel seed bun covered in fennel seeds, but it's like trying to chew a delicious steak through gravel. And it was the worst fucking thing yeah. ever. If it's not bruchet, then I'm going to go away. You mean brioche? Yep. <laughs> and Mikey, if it's not brioche, you gonna gauche. Yeah, that's a better joke. That's the one you and meant to do. Less embarrassing for me. So they get to the house and they're rubbing eggs over all of the doorways. And he's so, like, you think this is stupid, don't you? And we were like, yeah. Yeah. This section where they're doing Olympia, which is like, this is something, if you went to a Corandero, they might do similar things like this okay. to cleanse your house. But like, you know, the the eggs wouldn't be filled with venom, like Spider-Man's venom, like the symbiote or whatever, because that's what it looks like. <laughs> I did think it was a weird choice that right after she gets hit with that venom in the face, we see her in the venom costume the rest of the movie. <laughs> And then the soundtrack just turns into that Eminem song that just venom. I'm out. Anyway, so the way the way it's supposed to work is that you rub the eggs over the entrances to your home, and then when you crack them, however much blood is in the eggs and the yolks tells you how many evil spirits you have. Or oh. how evil the See, spirit is. If he would explain some of this, I think his salesman's technique is not great. He he does. He just is not super clear on it. He's just like, however much blood will tell us how much evil, but he doesn't tell them that like that's why anyway. Okay. So he cracks the first egg and it just explodes into like venom for Spider-Man, just like black sticky goo. Yeah. It's the stuff that Megan Fox throws up in jennifer's body yeah. just oh, like yeah uh and the other three eggs start spinning standing up straight and then they just explode into black goop just like hibachi restaurants it's <laughs> like egg roll <laughs> then he made an onion tower <laughs> watch me flip shrimp into my hat so he oh tells them God. we all need to work together she thrives in darkness so they hang a wind chime <laughs> Yeah, And like, I felt bad that I laughed so hard at it, but it was just like, we've got to prepare the house. Tinkling, ting, ting, ting. <laughs> uh, they put candles everywhere. They smudge the house with sage and they use incense. They like double it up. Yeah. And then he's got a cross made out of a tree in Mexico. And it's the same tree that's providing the mountains and mountains of seeds that they will need. It's the hottest tree in all of Mexico. <laughs> in all of Mexico? Because <laughs> he talks about this tree. Except that that tree can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he talks about this tree for like 10 He's like, it's the fire tree. There's like a cross made out. There's like other stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention. I was just like, why is this tree important? They do talk about why it's important. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, the part that takes place in Mexico when she's drowning her children the camera does angle up into the trees and it's a tree with red blossoms. Supposedly, they are the only witnesses to her crime 
And so that's why the wood of that tree is like her kryptonite. Yeah. And that's why the seeds from that tree. The billion of seeds he got from that seed. <laughs> so many it's a seeds. a very fertile tree. Watch, they just come home one day and there's just pigeons and now their house is fully full of ghosts. They're just like, <laughs> no! <laughs> so he basically tells them all this and how it holds power over her. And then he mixes holy water with the tears that he got from the Alvarez house. Yeah. And he says it's anti-venom, which it makes it weird because it does look like venom. So it's raining, although like it stops raining as soon as it's convenient for the plot. So like, I don't know why it was raining in the first place. It's setting the mood. Mm, the mood. He cracks eggs into a bowl and Linda Cardellini's like, is this another ritual? And he's like, no, this is breakfast for dinner because we haven't eaten all day. <laughs> we have all these seeds and no real food. Um, <laughs> and she basically says her husband used to do that all the time. Uh, and he's like, this dinner's for comfort because tonight's going to be shitty. But then they never get to eat that dinner <laughs> because the electricity cr like crackles. They run to grab the kids. They all kind of like cordon themselves off in the living room as he has like anti-demon maracas, which I'm sure are very significant in the ritual, but he's just kind of like keeping the, the rhythm as the next 20 minutes happens. Listen, I like maracas in a song. Like it does add a little flair to it. I just thought it was really weird that he was playing it by himself and singing, shake, 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 Lirona, shake, Lirona. <laughs> She's the best salsa dancer in Mexico. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> well, here, so this is something that I just found online, I guess, unlocking a fun fact that I sh probably should have looked up earlier, but I'm looking it up now. Way to half-ass an episode, Paige. You know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocked fun facts. In some parts of South America, maracas are used in ritual because they symbolize the heads of spirits they're made of gourds so the gourd itself represents the head of a spirit and allegedly the corandera will shake them to summon spirits which makes more sense yeah. in this scene because he does use them as bait to pull her in yeah so it's possible that he was summoning her with the maraca interesting uh he says she's already here uh the floorboards are creaking upstairs and I just have in my notes, damn girl, pick up your feet. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> stop shuffling. So much noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quit shuffling, La Llorona. Um, but he says that she's searching for you. We hear a scream and darkness envelops the room. Linda Cardellini grabs the lantern. We hear the sounds of water dripping. We get drops on the lantern. They look up. And La Llorona is right above them. She throws Linda Cardellini across the room. Super scary. She is unconscious. Yeah. At this point, Rafael, the Corondero, is just like maracaing and just backs into the darkness. Yeah. And I felt terrible <laughs> because I laughed really hard because he was just like. I was really scared, but I also did laugh. It was really funny. Yeah. It shouldn't have been as funny as it was, but it seemed like he was just going to like. Oh, uh, I'm just gonna like Kool-Aid man slow <laughs> right. my way back That's out of this. Too. That's what I thought too. Just, I was like, oh, he's he's fully leaving. Which we find out yeah. later, he didn't drive there, so he's gonna have to wait outside shaking his maraca <laughs> for a taxi to come pick him up. So <laughs> he backs away into the darkness. The kids crawl under the table, and they do the classic horror movie thing of corner, corner, corner jump scare. Yeah. Basically, like. Corner, corner, corner. One side of the tablecloth comes up. The other side comes up. They crawl out from under the table and she jumps down onto them. Linda Cardellini comes to 
And as she wakes up, she watches as La Llorona invisibly pulls Chris through the house. Yeah. And just before he gets to the front door, Raphael grabs him and throws holy water on La Llorona and then seals off the room with like, Hella seeds. Yeah. In her eyes, right? Is this when he throws it in her eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a total wrestling move because she's like, oh. Well, and this is where she looks the most like Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls in, in that Halloween costume. She looked exactly like her. It was nuts. <laughs> no, the nuts were what he put on the ground to keep her from coming in. <laughs> They're seeds, Todd. <laughs> uh, but at this point, now everyone's awake and conscious and they're like, you told us we'd be safe. And they're like, did you use him as bait and he's like i used all of you as bait what are you talking about it's not about you brother it's about me <laughs> and la llorona in the ring <laughs> sunday 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 <laughs> also saturday and a midweek service on wednesday <laughs> and pancake breakfast on thursday <laughs> Uh, but this is also where we find out that Sam can't find her doll. And he tells them, basically, as long as we don't break this line of seeds, she can't get back in. And then I was like, is that the plan? To just keep, just live in the house forever now? See, here's the secret. He sells the seeds. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Th this is his retirement plan. He's like is true like, greed for ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, the only place for you to get these seeds is me. So I'm just guaranteeing. I'm like Terminix. You got to get me back out now. But she, she, they can't leave the house ever again. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Is the worst ritual I've ever heard of. <laughs> You're safe now. You can never leave your house. <laughs> never, ever. Well, and I think he says that they have to fully banish her. And then when they do, they can get rid of the seeds. But yeah, where's your where's your plan, bro? Think about your bottom line. Think about the the mansion that seeds built. Right. What are we talking, Herbalife? <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. If you get on the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> Literally on the floor. That's where the seats are. <laughs> so she's slamming on all the doors in the window. She's trying to get in. And Sam looks down the hall and hears the wind chime tinkling outside and sees her doll outside clearly as bait. She opens the door to get the doll. She tries not to break the line. As she drags the doll across the doorway, she breaks the line. And La Llorona pulls her out into the dark. And Linda Cardellini runs out after her. They chase her out to the pool. And Linda Cardellini dives into the pool with a flashlight. And they have this, like, underwater fight. And then the Corandero comes out to the rescue. And I can't tell if he... It looks like he salts the water, but it could also be the seeds. I think he was salting the water, though. No, he definitely assaulted that water and turned it into holy water. Turned it into holy water. Yeah, you yeah. gotta have the right amount of salt mixed with the chlorine. And then it turns into holy water. Well, I heard the salt holy water pools are easier to keep clean. Uh, salt water <laughs> pools? You can also, like, float in them. It's pretty sweet. So Linda Cardellini and Sam pop out of the water. La Llorona, I assume, drowned at the bottom because she can't swim. <laughs> she also can't die, so she comes back like Dave every ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Linda comes out of the water with her necklace, and Sam, unfortunately, is catatonic. And so... They have to lock her in to essentially a closet with Chris because she will be called to La Llorona whenever La Llorona calls her because she had her in her grasp. Yeah. But then as soon as they start to fight La Llorona in a couple minutes, that all goes out the window and Sam's no longer catatonic and it doesn't matter. And Sam never gets called to La Llorona. Yeah, it's weird. They set it up, but nothing ever happens with it. Right. I've been waiting around for La Llorona to call for a long time. She never called back. 
<laughs> it's because you never called her first, Mikey. Mikey, did she ghost you? She ghosted me. She ghosted me. <laughs> All I said was I wanted to go swimming at the <laughs> You gotta stop inviting her to aquatic locations. Never follow a crazy woman in a wedding dress to, to a, a second, second location. location. <laughs> so we cut to outside where it looks like La Llorona is standing outside the house. Inside, Raphael and Linda Cardellini are making coffee and talking about kind of what their plans are and how they're going to keep the necklace to kind of keep her close. And the door opens and she crosses the line. Now, it is the line Sam broke, but she seems to have no problem crossing it. And she starts to climb the stairs. We yeah. hear Chris scream because it's patricia alvarez and she's trying to kidnap them and she's basically saying la llorona will give her children back if she gives uh linda cardellini's children to her which we know won't happen but you know whatever. right it also seems very odd like that's not a part of the lore or anything they've established what you don't know is la llorona is the best liar in Mexico. <laughs> allegedly she told me she allegedly. could swim <laughs> She's the president of the Babysitters Club. <laughs> uh, I think you mean Love Babysitters Club. Love Babysitters Club. Oh, she runs the worst daycare in Mexico. Anyway, so she shoots Rafael and clears the line as she does it. Yeah. Which allows La Llorona to come in and take Linda Cardellini. She tosses her down the back stairs into the basement. Oh, Linda Cardellini gets tossed down the back stairs. <laughs> La Llorona coming in hot really wants the championship. Pepper's going to need some new shorts. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, they gr the kids grab the necklace, run upstairs. Everything is locked. They go into the attic. And Patricia wakes up downstairs and watches as La Llorona passes her on the stairway. Uh, upstairs, Chris and Sam finally make it up into the attic. They close the door as she approaches and they have a flashlight and they have, there's like a mannequin fake out. Like, I don't know why in their house there's also a mannequin with a wedding dress on it. Seems kind of convenient. Yeah. Do you store wedding dresses on your mannequin? Like that seems very don't. weird to me. They'll yeah. disintegrate. I know. They, they're like services to preserve that yeah, shit. Yeah, you have to yeah. have them preserved. Yeah. In my mind, Linda's still grieving. So she goes up there and puts her wedding dress on there and just cries about her husband a lot. She's just like... Hi, I'm Mrs. Julia Gulia. <laughs> anyway, the attic door flies open and she's like moving furniture and Christmas lights. They, she traps the kids and then just like Moses splits the Red Sea. I thought that was actually a really cool shot. It's a really cool shot. Yeah. And she's basically got a clear path through the attic. Uh, Chris tries to protect Sam. But what they should have done with that is Sam is like getting up and like walking to her and Chris is stopping her from doing that. Right. But that's not at all what they do here. No. And he offers her the necklace and she bends down to take the necklace. And as she does, she's a normal looking woman. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. But like expectations were very high. That's what I mean. She's not an unattractive lady. It's just like. It can't always be Salma Hayek. Can't it? Can it? <laughs> this is why I'm like every movie should have Patrick Wilson and Chris Evans in it. <laughs> but listen, I agree. Sam accidentally unveils a mirror in the attic and La Llorona sees herself and freaks out. Meanwhile, downstairs, Patricia lets Linda out. She freaks out because she has to take a mirror selfie to put on her Instagram at hottest <laughs> woman in Mexico. It's like, oh my God, I have a zit. 
I should stop wearing such heavy makeup. <laughs> this attic really brings out my ass. I thought it was weird that she then yells at the kids, what filter should I use? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, puppy dog, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so downstairs patricia lets linda out of the basement uh, i think because she empathizes and she's like i know what this pain is and i can't let somebody else go through it uh meanwhile Raphael has walked off a shot to the chest and up in the attic he's like run some seeds on it get back out there <laughs> just full of seeds he gets to the hospital they're like why is this bullet hole full of seeds up in the attic <laughs> up in the attic, La Llorona sees her reflection and screams. Raphael gets up there, so does uh Linda Cardellini. He tries to banish her and she throws him. They get behind Linda and he kicks the cross to Linda. She stabs La Llorona with it. Like vampire style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, vampire yeah. style. And then she turns into like a gross black goop tornado and light shines through the window because it's now morning. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, somebody check on Raphael, because he has fully been shot, but he just kind of stands up and he goes, ta-da. <laughs> and we cut to the next morning. I forgot he did that. Did, I, oh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I laughed, but then I was oh, like, this shit. movie is not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to the next morning where they're putting him in a taxi, again, hopefully to a hospital. I mean, with our healthcare system, it's cheaper to take a taxi to a hospital than an ambulance. Absolutely. And this was the 70s, though. This was the 70s. That's Things true. Yeah, that's then. true. This is before Reagan, so it was a better place. So she says, thank you. How can I ever repay you? And he basically was like, you guys were brave. <laughs> Dinner Thursday. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, you can pay me with a monthly subscription to these seeds. Uh, <laughs> Or just let me give you my nut. Oh, anyway, they run, they run back. The, the kids run. I literally got Heisman with that joke. You guys both verbally, arm in, arm out, pushed me away. That was amazing. Holy shit. That was awesome. I always will think of him as Father Appleseed. <laughs> The kids run back inside the house, and Linda Cardellini turns to go inside, too. But then there's this freaky puddle outside, and that's the movie. All right, so having seen The Curse of La Llorona and talked about it, what do you guys think about it? I liked talking about it with you guys way more than actually watching the movie. <laughs> Honestly, it was so much better, and we've been talking about it way longer than it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I think I will never watch it again. Same. If you haven't seen it, like, if you like scary movies, watch it. It's good. Yeah, for that. Yeah, if you like jump scary movies, yeah. Yeah, it's not good enough to, like, watch again. Yeah. I hated it. It is fully just a jump scare factory. Man, I hope I never see this movie or a movie like this again, although I'm sure I'll see a bunch like it again. But man, this is like the exact kind of movie I hate. It's not a great story, and it's just jump scares. I feel like what we really need to examine, follow the money. I think Big Seed is behind this movie. Yeah, Big Seed's my wrestling name. <laughs> Oh my I'm going to garden your organs out of your body. <laughs> I'm shooting tadpoles over here. That's really funny. I don't know if Paige got it initially, but. <laughs> I know I did, but I was just like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds painful. Tadpoles are large. It's big seeds. Yeah. 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 Are we ready for some fun facts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paige, hit us with those fun facts. Dana, Dana. So. 
La Llorona is actually also played as a children's game like Ring Around the Rosie in which one person is trying to find the hiding children. So that's why Ring Around the Rosie is in the beginning of the movie. And then when they do, they drown that child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that sounds sort of like Ghost in the Graveyard. Did you guys ever play that? Very similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So stories around the legend differ, but most follow the infidelity narrative like the movie. Sure. But some stories even have her husband killing her children because they were poor. And when she tries to rescue her children, she falls into the water and drowns accidentally. He was like, why did you ever get a job, children? I'm four. <laughs> I'm the most beautiful woman in Mexico. I'm an influencer. Uh- <laughs> yo, yo, tango solo fans. I'm about 100% sure that's not how you conjugate that sentence. It's definitely not. But honestly, (laughs) let's let's buy that URL immediately. (laughs) (laughs) But also, good for her. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Exactly. Sometimes in the legend, it's not even water. In northwestern Arizona, the story goes that La Llorona was originally a woman named Laguna who lived in Kingman Canyon, near the Grand Canyon, with her husband and two children. Sadly, she felt that her husband was paying too much attention to their daughters, in this case it's daughters instead of sons, and became increasingly jealous, and in a fit of jealous rage, she threw both of her girls over the edge of the canyon, plunging them to their deaths. But after the loss of her children, he was so, her husband was so grief stricken and he distrusted her that he left. So then she throws herself into the canyon to join her children. And she's then condemned to wander the canyon, basically wailing with grief. And legend has it that her cries can still be heard echoing off the canyon walls around midnight to 3 a.m. Because that's what wind sounds like when it's wisping through a canyon. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. She's a really ugly crier, so. (laughs) She's like. (laughs) Some people even claim to have photographed and captured La Llorona on film. There's a security video from Mexico City uh, shot September 18th, 2016, 2.20 a.m., where it appears that there's a ghostly woman in an intersection standing as traffic drives through her. Um, I think it's a faked video. It looks pretty fake to me. Fair enough. Anyway, so Tony Amendola, who portrayed Father Perez and Annabelle, reprises the same role in this film. So that's the connection between the two. Okay. This is also the second film in the Conjuring universe to not feature or directly reference Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's kind of, they kind of dance around it, um, but they never mention them by name. It's also the first spinoff to feature an antagonist who doesn't appear in the main film series. So ah. none of the Ed and Lorraine stories mention La Llorona. But that mention of a diocese connection is clearly a reference to Ed and Lorraine, who would have been tending to either the Amityville case or the Enfield Poltergeist case timeline-wise. So they were otherwise disposed. Yeah. Raymond Cruz, who plays the Corandero in this, and Tuco Salamanca in Breaking Bad, this was his first top-billed film role, but he's been working in television for, like, 20 years. And, like... Yeah, he's a steady actor. Consistently working in television. Yeah. Like, Homeboy probably has a mansion for all the times he's been on Law & Order and any number of things. <laughs> yeah, he's doing all right. And he's a good actor. Like, he's really good. He's great. In the opening scene where that earlier scene where she walks in and uh, walks in on her on Sam watching TV, Sam is seen watching a classic Scooby-Doo cartoon. The reason that's there is because Linda Cardellini played Velma in both Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2. Yeah. Uh, So it's like a little Easter egg. When this film was released, 
a theater in Montreal was supposed to play Pokemon Detective Pikachu, but after the trailers for Annabelle Comes Home, Joker, and Child's Play played, this film played instead, causing the children in the audience to run out crying, <laughs> and some parents have even attempted to sue. That's amazing. That's really I don't funny. know why that's so funny to me, but it is. This was the first of actually two movies from The Conjuring Universe to be released in 2019. It's the only time they've released two in the same year. The second is Annabelle Comes Home. So this basically like, and that's the second Annabelle. So this references the first one and then sets up the second one. But this is also, and I excluded numbers from this, this is the lowest grossing movie in the Conjuring universe. Ah, we'll talk about that in a second. I think in part, because I remember when this came out, I think people didn't really know what it was. And I think people didn't fully understand what they were getting into. Yeah, I mean, they were they were like, I thought this was going to be about a Guatemalan genocide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that Mikey had to watch two movies for this. <laughs> Fun fact, Mikey had to watch two movies for this. And that's the end of our fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So this movie came out in 2019. What do you think the budget for this movie was? It's James Wan. The Conjuring movies tend to have lower budgets, even though they make a lot of money. I'm going to say this costs 15 million. Oh, that's what I was going to say, Paige. I was going to say 15 million. Okay. So I'm going to say 15 million point five. Okay. Great. So this movie actually cost $9 million ah. to make. Damn. They are so good at that. They are really good at that, dude. It looks really good for a $9 million it does. movie. Th- these all look great for their budgets. Yes. Uh, every single time. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like James Wan and that whole crew of people, like Lee Wan included in that, are really good at making an amazing movie on a budget. They are. So this movie came out April 19th, 2009. And it was number one the weekend it came out. So it was number one. Shazam was number two. Breakthrough was number three. Captain Marvel was number four in its seventh week. That was a workhorse movie. It was amazing. Did great. And then Little was number five. But what do you think this movie grossed domestically the weekend of April 19th? It's first weekend out. So even though this is the lowest grossing movie in the Conjuring universe, we have to remember that the Conjuring movies make bank. So like even yep. the lowest grossing Conjuring movie, I'm sure made ass loads of money. I'm going to say it made at least 10 million that first week. What do you think, Mikey? I think, it, uh, yeah, I think it did like 12. All right. It made $26.3 million <laughs> in its opening weekend. On a $9 million budget. Yep. Damn it. Now we don't do this every week, but I do want to point out that the next weekend it dropped to just barely $8 million that weekend. It's still already in the green. That's a 69% drop off, which is actually a pretty bad drop off week over week. So I think once the movie came out, people started talking about how it wasn't great. And then they stopped going to see it. That's typically Mm. when you see a drop off that heavy from week one to week two. That's typically what happens. Let me put it in perspective, though. Captain Marvel, that was number four that weekend, jumped to number two that next weekend. I saw Captain Marvel a little after it came out. So I was probably seeing Captain Marvel around this time. Same. And I remember being there weeks after it came out, full theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Full. People love that movie. And it's great. I like that movie too. So, what do you think The Curse of La Llorona went on to make domestically? I'm going to say domestically, it topped out around 45 million. All right. What do you think, Mikey? 55. Wow, Mikey. You were so close. 54.7 million dollars. Ah! 
it went on to make $66.9 million internationally. So a total of $121 million, $121.6 to be exact. Jeez. I'm surprised they don't make movies like this once a month. I know. <laughs> on a $9 million budget, it also made $4.6 million in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it made a ton of money on a $9 million budget. So, I mean, they're going to continue to make these movies because they sell. I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day who got a chance to, you know, see the new Conjuring movie early. And yeah. I, I basically commented that they're going to keep making them forever basically until they stop making money, which doesn't seem like anytime soon. So. I don't think that will ever happen. No. Which yeah. I'm fine because I like our Christian Avengers movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see more Patrick Wilson. Yeah. But now now we have a, the we can have Tuco come into the main Conjuring universe. As a hero? Yes, I like it. I'm down. Oh my God, are they going to set up like an Avengers-type universe? That's what I want. the Warrens and uh, and the preacher from this and all oh, Father my Appleseed. Gosh. Yeah. Father Appleseed. They're absolutely oh not going to do that, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, yes. That would be amazing. That's what I want. I want like all of a sudden Tugo shows up and throws seeds at a ghost. It's like, I'm here. I got the message. <laughs> the power of Christ compels us. They all get off that bus like the Six, five, six Flags bus. The power of Christ compels you. We're here with Patrick oh Wilson to be a hottie movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, we just got to find out where Patrick Pilsen got off to. All right. So that's your boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. All right, scary scale is how scary we found the film. We watched it this time. The scale is one to ten. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a scale of quality, just about how scared we were at the time. Let's do Paige. I'm going to give this a two. Oh, man, I feel so attacked right now. I'm going to give this a six because so many oppressive jump scares. I'm going to give it a two as well. Yeah. All right. That's I got a, cu- the cu- a couple of the jump scares at the beginning got me, but then it just like that whole thing just declined steadily throughout the film. Yeah, it, it does. I feel like it's pretty steadily scary. Um, but then after a certain point, it's it's too drawn out where you can predict where the jump scare is going to come. And then she puts on the crow makeup. And yeah. at that point, it's all over but the scream. And I'm just like, man, these evil, evil juggalos are everywhere. And, you know, it's not that scary. So that's your scary scale, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, there it is. So this week, you guys made me watch The Curse of La Llorona. What are you guys making me watch next week? So for next week, we're going to be watching The Ruins. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about this movie. Have you guys seen it before? No. I have not. Oh, okay, cool. But it's in Cancun. Oh. <laughs> Spring break! <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably going to be coming in with the same energy that the people in this movie are. I think you're going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So your homework is to get wine drunk, get on a plane, fly to Cancun and have the wildest spring break ever, hopefully, and watch the ruins for next week. Oh, yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Do you want a regular one or one where I do Sylvester Stallone voice? It's, I'm going to have to go with that one. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to do that one. Okay. <clears throat> so whose review are you going to read this week? Start with the name of the person. This is Wishmaker22. Oh, and they have made my wish come true. I, I am not reading beyond the first sentence. The first sentence says, Mikey, read this in your best Sylvester Stallone voice. And the title of the review is Great Podcast. Well, thank you so much for that awesome title. What does the rest of the review say? Yo, Adrian! <laughs> <laughs> So it's specifically Rocky is what you're saying. <laughs> you, you have to listen to Oh my god. My I god. Love it. This I'm terrible at this. Okay, okay. Hopefully oh, it's not to... very long for you. I, I can't even look at y'all. 
Okay. <laughs> oh wow. It's very long. Oh, is it? <laughs> That's what she said. Oh yeah, she did. Yo, Adrian. You have to listen to this great podcast. Todd, Paige, and Mikey have such great chemistry. Chemistry? <laughs> chemistry. Yeah. That without one of them, it would be game over. <laughs> this is a terrible accent. It is. E- That's why the- we have you do them. You're terrible at this. Oh. <laughs> each of them have taken a creed to entertain and amuse oh, us. I-, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. The laughs are so over the top. This oh is my funny. God. This is a really oh funny my review. God. I love that movie, by the way. Over the top is amazing. <laughs> I look like a crazy person cackling to myself at work. None of the hosts are expendable. <laughs> you get it, Paige? Like the movie. Yeah. Oh, sometimes a Mikey joke can be a little bit rocky. <laughs> they can, but they're always good. When he drew first blood against musicals. <laughs> <laughs> he did make sure you join the patreon where todd posts videos of him watching scary trailers with no place to hide oh my god this guy wrote this review while looking at sylvester stallone's imdb page this pot this podcast is a, is a diamond amongst the rhinestones <laughs> good lord it's always fun to here, Todd try to find an escape plan out of the situation of each movie. I I love that Mikey look could not continue the accent. He just broke. That's amazing. Well, oh, keep shit. up the great work, guys. Five stars. Oh well, Wishmaker twenty two. Thank you so much for that awesome review. That was great. Yeah, and if you want to have your review run on the podcast, make sure to leave us a five star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier Mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's, Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Yeah, Nick B. Fun fact. Oh, yeah? He dated the prettiest woman. (laughs) (laughs) He dated Salma Hayek? In Scotland. Scotland. Okay, okay. Oh, in Scotland. Okay, okay. Honestly, that's like my type. (laughs) Well... Titles aren't everything, is all I'm saying. Wow. I like how you, like, throw shade all over it. Like, well, I mean, 
Lala Rota's husband was like, nope, cheating on her immediately. Because, <laughs> you know, personality is more important than your title of hottest woman in Mexico. That person could be a nightmare to live with. Yeah, it might be terrible, Mikey. You'd never know. <laughs> this episode was also brought to you by... Ori! Uh, and Ori, I don't know if you guys know this, has a real passion for kids swimming. And they, every Saturday, teach little kids how to swim. Aww. So if you have a pool, look into it. Contact Ori today. This episode was also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums love fire tree nuts. Whoa. Yeah. So if you're using them as like magical barriers... Watch out for possums because they will break into your house and eat them all up. This episode's also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Netflix Marvel TV show, Jessica Jones, starring Kristen Ritter, I believe. Not the podcast, the show. <laughs> right, right, right. That would be a huge get for a podcast guest. This episode also brought to you by Taco Cat. And Taco Cat wants you to check out his podcast, What's Laura Rona Shaking at Your Dick Wise? <laughs> uh, it's actually called What's New Barkeep? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's the most popular podcast in Mexico. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Where each week they talk about super nerdy shit like D&D and stuff like that. But they also talk about broader pop culture topics like movies and TV shows and stuff. And they try a new alcoholic beverage every week. Mm -hmm. So guys, check out What's New Barkeep. Whoa, 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 whoa. This episode's also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, which is called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any centipede, millipede, or spider, or scorpion, or any other millipede that you might have a need for any practical or pranking purposes, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook and they will ship you some bugs. We now return you to an all-new, fun, and exciting episode of The, the Patreonicals. This is going to be a dark episode. Oh, God. That took a turn real quick. <laughs> Just because of the, the tone Todd's taken. Oh, wow. So you're doing it to spite me. This will be the darkest episode. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because they've been real dark. <laughs> We're going through things. Okay, so <laughs> Eddie's fallen for Sasha. Right. His whole plan is to conquer the world, apparently, and be like destroy the Illuminati and take over the, everything. Right. That's her, that's her plan now. They've talked Dave now into... I forgot what happened last week. To the surprise of no one. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who escaped. Mikey is the best storyteller in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Spring break! Oh, oh my God. Okay, I got this. It'll be fine. You got it. Scott, who's made out of rocks because he's the thing. Yes. Uh, he escaped with Kate. He did, yeah. I remember that. And Tristam. Uh-huh. So Tristam, they've repaired Tristam. Tristam, he says, there's only one way to fight this. I'm going to turn into a robotic Selma Hayek. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. So they show back up to fight because there's not a lot of places to go on the moon. There's not a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. No, on the moon, tons of places. The moon, not so much. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Isaac is fighting and then uh, with uh, Eddie and Eddie's like, I have bred so many snakes for this moment. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the snake with a helmet on swallows isaac hole and isaac's trapped in a snake what so that they, that snake just lays down dave is with domasaurus and karoon they're running around the moon and then they like they 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 go to this house uh, just a house on the moon it's a cave with a they knock on the door and uh they're like dave 
This is where the moon people live. I'm sorry. There are moon people? What? Oh, shit. The, the door opens. Is this like a dark sky situation? Oh, no. It's like a, okay. a woman answers, and she's like, looks like a, just like a regular person. Okay. We're not buying anything you're selling. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I gave it the office. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this woman answers the door, and she is the most beautiful woman on the moon. She's like, hello, my name's Danielle. I'm president of the moon. She's the most beautiful and president? It's more Damn. of a popularity contest. It definitely seems that way. And that honestly was sort of the class president in my high school. We don't have time to go into moon politics right now. <laughs> <laughs> the different podcast. Uh, so Danielle, as president of the moon, uh, uh, Domasaurus and Karun were like, hey, you know, I, Karun was like, I used to rent the Munderdom from y'all to do fights for pay-per-view for the universe. And... Anyway, there's evil people here at the Munderdome. Can you? It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and there's only there's not a lot of people who live on the moon. It's like two thousand moon men. Yeah, it's a small group. Women. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll activate our army or whatever. So they are going to attack. And then Dave's like, "Hi, I'm Dave. I'm from Earth." Hi, Dave from Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, that's great. And he's like, you are so attractive. He's like, oh my God, you're so hot. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. want to go see Blair Witch Project with me and then never go out with me again? <laughs> yeah. Dave thinks about making a moon rock pun that is just not good, so he doesn't do it. Honestly, I wish I had that same restraint. And this is the first episode he doesn't die in. Oh, he Aww. learned a lesson. So, okay, uh, back in the Moonerdome. Uh, Kate is throwing um, the snakes are tagging her. She's throwing them with her psychic powers and snakes have wrapped over robotic Selma Hayek, Tristam, and they just start crushing her alive. Right. And so Tristam falls down wrapped in snakes. And but I mean, how sexy was it when at first it sort of looked like Selma Hayek? Tristan was dancing with the snakes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. It was super. Hot. It was the hottest thing on the moon. <laughs> Alleg <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. So Kate starts fighting things, but then Eddie has some more surprises, and all these space possums show up. Houston, uh, we have a possum. And those space <laughs> possums pile on Kate. They bite Kate, and she uh, has rabies now. Oh, no. Oh, no. And evil Matthew, he is, like, trying to get, trying to cut Isaac out of there, but then he gets bit <gasps> by another space possum. Who was playing dead next to the snake? But he oh. came alive and jumped up. It was like a jump scare. Oh my god, it got me. It. I was so scared. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I nearly <laughs> pissed myself. But on the moon, there's no gravity, so it floats. Right. And then Amy also, she's wrapped up in snakes, but they're like ropes. She's like against the wall, but she's like it's like a sexy. Kinky. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, I think we just learned something about Mikey's kinks. <laughs> I'm shocked because Mikey has always shied away from BDSM talk during these episodes. Uh, so but, yeah. this is some growth for you. Well, you only go to the Mun once. You never go to the Mun. That's not a place. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, that's the episode. Ooh. How long does it take a snake to digest an Isaac? When is the gang going to launch our Munder Politics podcast? What are the symptoms of space rabies? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patrioticals. I'm trying to make those go faster. Well, try harder. Close it up for us there, Paige. <laughs> That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mike. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. <sighs> Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Seed nerds. <laughs> Tree nut nerds. 
This is the best podcast episode in all of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, voted <laughs> twice. <laughs>